Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. Ryan and I saw West Side Story last night, so it's I knew fresh in our minds. We were going to do that. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are coming at you live if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, January 11th, 2020. We back, bitches! At dnrstudios.com. dnrstudios.com is the only place you can hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs so fucking subscribe already leave us your ratings and reviews on itunes or wherever else you listen to this podcast email me me at adamsank.com speaking of adamsank.com there has been a complete redesign of my website a rebranding a reconnoitering uh, a reimagining if you will many thanks to my friend damian kington who did the branding but check it out it's really fun um like the facebook page download my two comedy albums if you're listening live give us a call and chat with us at 844-825-5367 you could be the first caller of 2020 which after all is the year of the vagina Come see me, me in Oakland, California. I will be the celebrity MC of Elder Pride 2020 Gala. Visit the Elder Pride 2020 Facebook page for more information and tickets. Uh, our guest today is a fabulous comedian and a great friend of mine, and I don't know why it's taken me so long to get her here, but she's coming in. Her name's Leanne Lord. You're going to love her. Of course, first I have to introduce Ed. Ed- first I have to introduce everyone's favorite piglet, Ryan Frostig, my co host. Hello, Ryan. There's a vag for us. Sing it, Ryan. Somewhere a vag for me. Hi, Adam. Open your lips and I'm halfway there. Halfway in. Open my lips and I'll taste your hair. Hit it, Ryan. You can hit it. Pussy! Yes! Congratulations. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. We have so much to talk about. First of all, I know. I just found this out from one of our listeners slash Facebook users. Do you guys know what Tuesday, January 14th is? Go on. It's the Feast of the Ass. Oh, my God. Wait. 
What does Wait, that even mean? That sounds like a great holiday. Great, that but, that I need to what does celebrate. that mean? The Feast of the Ass was a medieval Christian feast observed every January 14th, which celebrated the flight into Egypt. It was celebrated primarily in France as a byproduct of something called the Feast of Fools, which celebrated donkey-related stories in the Bible. <laughs> Particularly the donkey that, that bore the Holy Family into Egypt after Jesus' birth. Um, this is how it's practiced. A girl and a child on a donkey are led through the town to the church where the donkey then stands beside the altar during the ceremony. I'm trying well, to Well, that the sounds great, but, and it's a big but, <laughs> I think I'll be celebrating the Feast of the Ass well, differently. I, I think what's great about the Feast of the Ass is that everyone can celebrate it in his or her own way. Yes. So I encourage that. I am hosting a sign on my ass saying, welcome to the feast. <laughs> <laughs> JB's ass is open for feasting. Uh, thank you. Uh, so much to talk about. New Year's Eve happened. Um, fabulous. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Ryan got, recently got fisted. Okay. Oh. I saw this on the Ouch. breakdown. <laughs> is it, if, if a fit, I guess if a fist if a whole hand if a whole hand in into your, your booty hole is fisting but it wasn't like we were like i, I didn't get like punched oh, oh here i am oh, this is actually oh, pretty much what it sounded oh, like okay oh, no it was it was um it was something that i was uh curious about and my partner and i explored it and it was successful so but how deep did he get just, in just like the, the wrist, wrist. Yeah. that's still fisting, boo-boo. Okay, but it's not like he like went in and out and in and out. It doesn't matter. She was the whole fit. Look, look at this. It's the whole Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And I just want to say uh, I support you as long as you're doing this carefully and not in a way that's going to yes, no. wreck your rectum. I of myself, course, she did not use lube because that's not her thing. Oh, no. She used lube <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. There was lube used. I would hope. Honey. I do not. Uh, by the way, hi, Anya. I am... Um, <laughs> I do not fist oh, or get Anya. fisted. I am not at the least bit interested in hands going into orifices. I'm fascinated I'm by it. I, I just think that. it's amazing. But I don't judge anyone else. Also, uh, big news. Over the, since the last time we were on the air, Ryan and I both got something raised and something, <laughs> something lowered. lowered. No, we both got something pierced, actually. Yes. Um, and we had both had our ears pierced before. Our, our left our ears. Left one because we were so heterosexual. Because left is right and right is wrong. That's right. But that's not true. And so... But, no, but we, we, we didn't go together. This wasn't a plan. We just both decided at the same moment spontaneously that we needed to get our right ear pierced. Yes. So now I am wearing a lovely set of Peridot or Peridot. I don't, never, I don't know how you say that. Jeweled gemstones. They're gorgeous. Thank you. And Ryan is wearing like two tiny Diamonds. little, like, are they stars? They're really cute. They're just little studs. I like them. Just tiny. So that's a new Luke for all of us. And um, I think with that, we're going to move on to our first story, Let's which is into it. Oh, God. possibly the worst story I've ever done on this podcast. And that's saying something. It's every, I mean, we, we've done some really heart-wrenching stories. Yeah. Stories. Maybe this is a, a bad one for the new year. Yeah, well, it's not a good way to start things. I mean, you know, going to war with Iran, also not the best way. Um, uh, seriously, Anya, you might want to turn this off. But um, <clears throat> in Michigan... Listen, we've all had bad grinder dates, but this was the worst one. In Michigan, a man whose name is Kevin Bacon, no lie. That is hilarious in itself, but not, this story is not hilarious. No. Go on. He met a man on Grindr who murdered him and then ate his balls. Yep. 
The suspect's name is um, Mark Latunsky. And apparently he had a record of, A, being very kinky and into all kinds of um, sadomasochistic practices, but also he had a police record. He had, he had never been charged with anything, but police had been called several times for, you know, when he was hooking up with someone, things just got crazy and out of control. And, and he would have people fleeing his home naked or wearing just like leather and then the police would say, will you press charges? And they would say no, because it's this small Michigan town and they don't want to be scandalized or outed. Um, but See, they, I feel like they sh after certain things pass a certain lie, you have to tell someone. And for other people's safety, because you never know. Absolutely. But it's hard when you're a victim. I mean, it's mm -hmm. sort of you can't really blame a rape victim for not coming forward. Everyone right. has to deal with their own trauma their own way. Um, but so he... <clears throat> he met. He would meet these guys on Grinder, and these things would get crazy. But this is the first time anything like this happened. I'm trying to find the description because it's so bad. Um, the the actor Kevin Bacon spoke out on this because he was like, "Yeah, this is not me." He but but he expressed his sympathy. Yeah, I mean, this is everyone's. This is every like gay guy's nightmare. It really is. I mean, or it's anyone's nightmare. Well, yeah, but I mean, we. Like that is that when you when you use these apps, you know that is like the risk you are taking. You don't know most of the time, especially if you're doing some sort of like anonymous right exchange. You don't know this person. This Kevin Bacon was at only 25 years old. He was a hairstylist. He met with the suspected killer on Christmas Eve. Oh, this is God. another thing. Don't go on Grinder on Christmas Eve. You're not going to find anyone cool. And don't trip acid on Christmas Eve. That's right, um, <laughs> girl. In friend did that. No, it, Inside the house, police found Bacon's body hanging from the rafters with a rope tied around his ankles. Oh my God. Latunsky confessed. He told cops that he killed Bacon by stabbing in the, him in the back and slitting his throat. He also told cops he cut off Bacon's testicles and ate them during the murder. Apparently, he cooked them, according to one report. How one would even know how to cook testicles is... Um, well, the human body remains. is meat. It's <laughs> no. any way how you would cook a meat. You could. Well, I don't eat it, any meat. Put it in the oven. Looking at my bagel and cream cheese, and you know, I know. About Listen, yeah. everyone, be very, very careful with whom you meet on these apps, or better yet, just delete the apps. Yeah, but you know what? I, like, for me, my rule now is: if there's no Instagram attached, if there's no like signs right. of it being a real person, that's right. You need to investigate them. Yeah. I just want to say one last thing about this story: the alleged cannibal murderer has a husband. <laughs> you know who doesn't have a husband? Me or me? Oh, yeah. Well, like, how does a cannibal? This is what crazy I'm saying. And by the and we get terrible, terrible assholes. And by the way, he's not pretty. No. What the fuck? Not an attractive he man. He better have money. No. Does he have no. money? No. He, he doesn't have a shithole in Michigan. No offense, Michigan. <sighs> we love you. I love Michigan. In a related story. <laughs> What's the Michigan? Um, um, Go blue? No, 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 no. It's like pure. Oh, pure Michigan. Is that the motto? I don't yeah, even know that. I think so. Meanwhile, in England, a gay man has been sentenced to life in prison for raping and sexually abusing 48 men. Michigan State motto is actually in Latin, and it's weird. But here, I'll show it to you. All right, we're, we've moved on to another story now. Okay. Uh, he abused, sexually abused, allegedly, 48 men at his home in Manchester, England. Uh, 
he was a student from Indonesia named Reinhard Sinaga, 36. He moved to the UK in 2007 at the age of 24. He allegedly lured men to his flat. Now, this is a weird scam. I don't know how anyone would fall for this. He would lure men to his flat by presenting himself as a good Samaritan. But once they got there, he would drug them, sexually assault them, and rape them, and then film the attacks on his mobile phones. Oh Footage shows that many of the men were asleep and snoring while Sanaga raped them. One of the attacks lasted for up to eight hours. Oh, my God. Police found evidence of 136 instances of rape on two mobile phones. I mean, this dude was busy. He had already faced three earlier trials. Uh, at the end of the first two trials last spring, he was sentenced to 88 concurrent life sentences. I mean, this guy's never, ever going to be in the public again, thank God. But I'm trying to understand what this Good Samaritan thing was. Yeah, this is all very disturbing. They're calling him the most prolific rapist in British legal history, possibly in the world. He also kept trophies for many of his victims and would search for them on social media. He boasted about some of his crimes, texting a friend about one victim saying, quote, he was straight in 2014. 2015 is his breakthrough to the gay world. Ha ha ha. Interesting. Well, that's also... In much lighter sexual assault yes, news, please, this is another you. sexual assault story, but this one will make you laugh. A Florida man woke up on Christmas Eve to find a burglar sucking on his toes. Uh, TV. Toes are gross. I actually like having my toes. I marks. love it. It's kind of amazing. Manatee County Sheriff's deputies who responded to a home on 60th Avenue were told that the victim was sleeping in his bedroom when he was awakened by the suspect sucking on his toes. JB, we have audio of this. When the man whose toes were being sucked asked the stranger what he was doing in his house, the stranger said he was there to suck toes. A fight then broke out, and during the struggle, the suspect tried to grab the victim's genitals and claimed to have a gun. The victim was eventually able to force the intruder out of the house, but deputies say the suspect smashed one of the home's windows. This was a violent toe sucker. All for the toes. Deputies attempted to track the toe-sucking burglar with a canine, but were unsuccess unsuccessful in locating the suspect. D DNA swabs were taken from the victim's toes. Bad sound effect. Officers are continuing to investigate. Do you know where I got that it's sound far effect? Far too much. What? It's a baby right. sucking on a pacifier. I knew it was something like that. <laughs> oh my God, sick. Uh, I'm also very confused how he didn't steal anything. He just when they're sucking some toes. Like, I would have stolen something. Like, I feel like to rape someone <laughs> is a plus into breaking and entering. Like, you waited there for <laughs> some reason. What is very, wrong with you? <laughs> to rape someone is a plus. <laughs> like, that, that You're not allowed to talk anymore. Uh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> but the thing is, it is a very specific... I mean, you must really love those toes. Like, or just sucking toes in general. Like, to well, break into someone's home... Listen... If you really just want to suck toes, you can you can go on Grinder or Scruff and find a willing participant. But I think for a lot of these guys, like the guy in England we were just talking about, yeah. part of the fetish is doing it to someone against their will or who doesn't know that it's going on. I this is the opposite of my fetish. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, idea yeah. of having sex with someone who's like not a hundred percent present is horrifying to me. Horrible. I want them to be laser focused on when me. When they are sucking my toes. Me, me, me. I want them to be fully present in the moment. 
loving those toes. Toe sucking, like, I'm not into it. I would only do it to a guy, A, if I, he were just ridiculously hot right. and I knew his feet were clean and he had, like, big, beautiful feet. But I have had it done to me, mm-hmm. and it's pretty mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had it done to me. Um, I have uh, been loving Boy Wolf's feet. They are oh. size 13. Uh, big feet. Um, are his hands big, too? They're pretty big. Because, you know, yeah. given what we were just discussing, that's... Uh, it's, a, it's a good size. It doesn't overwhelm me. And 13? I know. Big feet. Holy shit. And they're like, Mine are nine. Mine are like half I know. the size of his. I know. Oh, I'm also size 13, too. I know. We've oh. talked about this. That's, uh, I'm very jealous of, of men with big feet and, and big dicks. Why? The big feet are the worst because you have to buy special order shoes and the shoes that you like are probably not in your size. I'm not they saying I want to mine nine. to be 13, but maybe 10. I mean, I'm five foot 11. I, I should have yeah. bigger feet than size nine. Anyway, um, if you haven't tried toe sucking, Try Ryan it. and I recommend it. JB is not a fan. JB disapproves of all toe sucking. In other news, uh, we did a story a few weeks ago about these fake ads on Facebook that were scaring people about prep. Mm-hmm. And th- it was basically fake news. They, the, the ads were being paid for by personal injury attorneys who were looking for someone who had taken prep and suffered some kind of um, you know, kidney damage or some kind of organ damage. And the ads were basically like, Prep is te- is dangerous. Prep causes kidney damage. If you were a victim, call this number. And Facebook, as usual, was doing nothing about it. Of course. And and it was really infuriating to me because anything that discourages gay, sexually active gay men or women from taking prep, it is uh, you're you're yeah, killing people. I mean, you're 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 essentially putting people's lives at risk. Well, Facebook says it has finally pulled the ads, um, and uh, and banned them. <clears throat> Let's see. In a statement, Facebook spokeswoman Devin Kearns. I like the name Devin for a woman. Is it D-E-V-Y-N? D-E-V-O-N. Oh, Oh, it could be Devon. Devon. Devin or Devon said, after a a review, our independent fact-checking partners have determined some of these ads ads in question mislead people about the the effects of Truvada. As a result, we have rejected the ads and they can no longer run on Facebook. Earlier this month, 50 different organizations had signed a letter to Facebook Mark's, uh, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg requesting that he remove the ads. Um, meanwhile, Facebook is still perfectly fine with fake ads paid for by the Russian government yep. claiming that, you know, Biden sold uranium to the Russians and that Hunter Biden is the devil. And, you know, uh, that Facebook's fine with all that. We really need to make the move we, we all have to get off Facebook, I, and I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's my biggest either. addiction. I, I really don't. I mean, easy. You put the phone down, you walk away. It's like quit. We you just kind of walk away from it. But it really, but it really isn't because it's like this is our like the social network. This yeah. this idea of being connected to people. I mean, like think about the chorus, and like if you weren't if we weren't on Facebook, I mean, a lot of information is is totally. given that way, and like my you know I don't have it as bad as I think the generation under us, JB, but like. I've been on Facebook for the past 13 years. Oh, the generation under years. us, they don't use Facebook. They use TikTok and other stuff. Like, the generation under us is changing. But, the, but those that do, like, their whole lives, like, they've been on Facebook since they were maybe, like, 8, 9, 10. You know what I mean? Like, I was 13, 14, but, like, it's just my whole life is documented on this site. I was 33. Yeah, we know. You, <laughs> or older. Old. I think I was older. I think I was 36. When did you join? Uh... 
2007. Okay. End of 2007 when I was 36. I was 20. I was, it was 2006 for me. You were two. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there are, there are a lot of people on Facebook that I am only connected to via Facebook, but I actually enjoy being connected with them. I, right. I like reading their posts. I like seeing their pictures. I like, yeah. my, you know, friends of mine who live in other parts of the, of the country or just friends that I've never actually met, but I love their Facebook posts right. and I, and, and I like look forward to them. But the platform it, has changed. But it is, but it's garbage, yeah. and it's 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 destroyed us. It's destroyed worse society. than Fox News has even. I agree. It has because because people don't know when you watch Fox News, you know what you're getting. People on Facebook, especially idiots who don't watch the news or get their information any other way Anywhere but else. Facebook, they see a story that says like, you know, Hillary Clinton. Uh, whatever, and then that's runs runs a pedophile pizza ring in yeah. Washington D.C. That's that's an actual thing, Ryan. A pedophile pizza ring. Oh my God! It, Pizzagate is this whole conspiracy theory that oh, this pizza parlor right. in D.C. is actually a child pedophile ring that's run by the Clintons. Oh my it, God. It's the most insane fucking thing. Some guy showed up with a gun there. Yeah, I remember. I remember we talked about it. It's but crazy. Dave, why are you laughing? Because Dave? okay, like it's common. I feel like it's common fucking sense. Like it's take anything with people a grain don't of have salt. common sense. And they they voted for Donald Trump and they <sighs> still support him. Yeah. There is no common sense anymore. Yeah, people are just right. retarded. Anyway, all right. And well, moving. Kind. We're going to move on to something a lot lighter and more fun. I just want to reiterate one more time: if you have questions about whether or not prep is for you, talk to your doctor. Don't talk to Facebook. Bell is so far away from me. Let me. Here we go. Okay, Ryan, it's now time for our RuPaul's Drag Race update Chante, with our stay. correspondent, Ryan Foster. So RuPaul's daytime talk show will not be moving forward after a three-week summer trial. Um, I mean, I think that the fact that they even had a summer trial pretty much says all you need to know about what they expected this show to be. Like, I don't... That's not that unusual, though, for new talk really? shows. Yeah, they, they do a test period. I feel like on the on what network it was on. I think it was on in LA on one of the on the network channels. Because I feel like all the like NBC talk shows they they just it's the show like the, no like never... Wendy Williams was a local, was a local show before she became oh. national. They they wait and see if there's an audience for it and then they syndicate it. Well, it was produced by World of Wonder, which is that's RuPaul's team and they produce all of his shows. Um, but uh, it was just it didn't work. I don't think I think RuPaul has just taken on a little bit too much. And I think that um, even though RuPaul's interviews are always like, um, you know, like striking and, and he, he's, he's uh, an interesting um, person to interview, I feel like he really only thrives in the RuPaul's Drag Race format. And so um, I'm not well, surprised. Also, I think RuPaul is better in drag yes. than out of drag. And I think the success of his VH1 talk show in the 90s, which was hilarious and brilliant, yes. was due to the fact that it was RuPaul the drag queen, not RuPaul the man, who I find less interesting. Well, that was my next question. Like, how, how interesting can RuPaul be to host her own talk show when she's not RuPaul? Well, I think also, like, RuPaul is definitely trying to be the Oprah of, you know, the gay, the gay Oprah. Yeah. The gay Oprah, which is redundant. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> we already I, have I actually didn't watch the, the talk show at all. So I was it available to you. I mean, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, hmm. but 
I had no interest. I just well, that's not happening, and maybe it's not bad news. Maybe it means that you know no, more focus can go on the Drag Ru- Race franchise. Exactly, and also RuPaul has AJ and the Queen, which uh, just yes um, premiered on Netflix yesterday. And I, Ryan will be giving us his review will, next month. We will get into that <laughs> next month after he's watched it. Yes. What else is going on in the world of RuPaul? So the next story, something that I feel quite strongly about. Um, the other day, uh, World of Wonder posted on their Instagram and all their socials that um, the following day there would be an announcement made at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And it said something like, set your alarms or something. And the fandom freaked out because we traditionally, we find out that the new season of Drag Race is happening um, either at the end of December or the beginning of January. And they've been doing All-Stars and then a regular season. So everyone thought that this was gonna be the announcement. Well, at 3 p.m., they announced that the fifth season of Uh, which is Trixie Mattel and Katya's uh, World of Wonder Presents show, is coming back for a fifth season. And it pissed off the fandom. The reaction was so negative. They were like, really? It was the ultimate bait and switch. Yeah, we were trolled so hard. And like... The, the hashtag that was going around on the post was um, hashtag wow is over party. <laughs> I think people are just, and I think like, I don't know. I'm trying to understand what their thinking was. I mean, if they were trying to like get everyone, you know, worked up, uh, they succeeded. We, but- I mean, listen, everyone's talking about, uh, which I've never heard of before this. So but in that they? sense. Also, in, that's in, a terrible name. Ugh. I agree. It's like, like uh, uh, but in that sense, it's um, they succeeded yeah. in, in getting buzz. Unfortunately, and, and also, listen, you're one of the people who's really pissed off, right? Is it going to yeah. stop you from watching RuPaul's no, Drag Race? But I think like they don't care if you're pissed off as I long think, as you keep watching. But I think like recently we've seen this kind of pushback. Um, I think when it, it started really with the RuPaul um, trans controversy, and like I think people want to cancel RuPaul. They want to cancel RuPaul. They want to cancel Drag Race. They want to cancel Wow. Um, we've we've seen that you know it's it's not a perfect uh, um, production company. They they have uh, the the whole thing with M- the Emmys and Delta work and Matthew Anderson. Like there's it's not a I don't think. Oh, listen, every production company is evil. Yeah, they're all about the bottom line. It's just that this one is small enough and the community is so plugged into it that we know every single thing they do and don't. Yeah. So anyway, but Ryan was really upset. Was, like Ryan was texting Scott and me at work, and I was like, I don't know what this is about. But uh, you can talk about it on the podcast. But we will. I'm hoping we're all just sort of sitting around waiting to just hear about Drag Race. And uh, not all of us. Well, most of us. <clears throat> I love how when you texted Adam this important information, he's like, you know what, bitch, whatever. You can I talk could, about I it. I couldn't on the really podcast. follow it. I was like, I don't, I don't know what what but like, uh, think about, is. I don't think about what your favorite show is. And if 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 there was like a, a there's cryptic- no show in the world in which I'm as emotionally invested as you are in Drag Race. All right. Well. All right. Well, thank you for those reports, Ryan. And um, I wanted to mention, not only is it the Feast of the Ass this week, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to clear my throat, but back on January 3rd, America celebrated a very important anniversary. It was the two-year anniversary of the day that Freddie Alanis sucked a 10-inch dick oh my God. and wound up rupturing his windpipe and being rushed to the emergency room. Wow. It was, was... The, it was the dick heard around the world. And uh, short, Two years? Two years ago, that happened. Now, he didn't 
actually tweet about it until a year later. Right. At which point we booked him for the podcast and it became our second most downloaded episode of all time. So here to celebrate Freddie's two-year anniversary, here's a little bit of sound from episode 55 when we had him on the show back on July 14th, 2018. Was the dick both long and thick? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he's pretty, uh, he's packing pretty good, so. Was it cut or uncut? Uh, cut. Okay. Mm. So, while it's in you, in your mouth, is I assume it's all the way down your throat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and at that moment, did it feel uncomfortable, or were you just fine while it was happening? Um, you know, the first couple of seconds, you know, you kind of felt uncomfortable, but, like, I adjusted to it, like, pretty quickly. So, <laughs> it wasn't, like, like yeah, it, I guess you could say it always will feel uncomfortable, but, like, it wasn't to the point where, like, it bothered me, you know? Now, is this your, was this your first 10-inch dink, dick, or, or do you have a little bit of experience? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was something that you were trying to uh, expand upon. You wanted to broaden your horizons a bit. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. Congratulations, Freddie. Freddie will always be an icon. I asked Freddie, I texted him, uh, well, we were tweeting back and forth, and I said, the question is, how many 10-inch dicks have you taken since then? And he said, too many to count. Oh, dear. And then I texted him to let him know that he, we were going to be celebrating him on the ass, and he was very touched. So, hello, Freddie. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, friend of the dick. So should I just be recording all my 10-inch wonders and bigger? Because I have a plethora of, a diary plethora of stories. Listen, JB, you're a better man than Freddie Oannis. And if you would tweet about these stories. (laughs) If I had a Twitter. And include video. Well, you need to get connected. Uh, All right, it's time for our Pride update. Hit it, Ann Steele. Before we talk about Pride, and there actually are Pride celebrations going on this week, um, we need to talk about Costa Rica. Yes. Because just yesterday, they said yes to marriage equality and transgender rights. Yes. This actually happened Tuesday. The Inter-American Court of Human Rights issued a landmark ruling that recognizes same-sex marriage and transgender rights in Costa Rica. The seven judge- judges ruled unanimously. They said Costa Rica must recognize and guarantee all the rights that are derived from a family bond between people of the same sex. Great news. That's awesome. Latin America is slowly but surely... Becoming yes. a, a marriage equality continent. That's awesome. Well, not Latin America, South America. Latin America is not a continent. But anyway, you get my point. It's great news. Meanwhile, the first Pride celebration of 2020 is happening in Punta Gorda, Florida. Ooh. January 18th through 20th. It's called Peace River Pride. I had never heard of Punta Gorda. I had to look it up. Um, also, this is not a Pride event. But January 17th through 20th is Mid-Atlantic Leather in Ooh, Washington, D.C., yes. otherwise known as MAL. Oh, yes. There will be a lot of fisting going on there. I'm sure there will. And Ryan, I will you be going to get fisted? I will not be going to get fisted this MAL. I know Maybe people who MAL. have been to MAL, and they say the hotel smells so terrible by oh, the yeah. end of the weekend. Like, it's just like body odor Lord and city. cum and just... Like, how can how can this hotel continue to function after they leave? Like, who's going to want to stay are there? Dropping money yeah. to be there. But how disgusting! Oh, I'm sorry. Gross. Listen, I love sex. I love leather. I just there comes a point where it's too much. Yeah. Don't you think? It's weird that Ann Steele is still singing as we talk <laughs> about this. I love it. Thank you, Ann. We love you. Happy Pride to uh, everyone. And I really am surprised that Pride. I thought Pride didn't start till February, but apparently Punta Gorda. 
Getting started early. First in the nation. Well, speaking of fisting, <laughs> our guest today is a comedian I have known and loved for years. I don't know why it's taking me this long to have her on the ass, because she really is one of my favorites. As a comedian, she's performed in all 50 states and overseas for our troops. She was the official comedian for Harlem Week two years in a row, a distinction that had previously been enjoyed only by one comedian in the world, Richard Pryor. Her list of TV credits is longer than the dick that choked Freddie Alanis. As, <laughs> as an author, she's written the book Dict Jokes. That's D-I-C-T Jokes. Alternate definitions for words you've probably never heard of but will definitely never forget. Volumes 1 and 2, as well as her book Real Women Do It Standing Up, Stories from the Career of a Very Funny Lady. Here's a taste of the comedy stylings of Leanne Lord. Is it my imagination or is money really, really tight now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal that said 46% of Americans are stressed out about their debt. Now, the other 54% are at peace with it because they got no intention of paying that back. <laughs> I am the 54%. <laughs> Man, I owe my credit card a kidney right now. <laughs> Please give a warm ass welcome to Leanne Lord. Uh, Hi, Leanne. Come on, studio hey. audience, where are you? Hi, Leanne. Yes, yes, my bottom feels warm now. Thank you. Yeah. As it should. <laughs> you look gorgeous. Oh, honey, thank you. Did you get yourself dolled up for the uh, for the podcast? Oh, I'm out in public. I think if people have to look at you, you should treat that as a public service. Mm. One of your jokes, actually, is that you should always dress like you're going to meet your potential husband that day. Yeah, well, some, yeah, it was, a, it was a piece of advice. I mean, casual or serious, however you want to take it, you should always dress as if you're going to meet the love of your life. I definitely don't do this. Definitely not. I'm frequently yeah. seen in like dirty sweatpants and the strangest ensembles. Old graphic t-shirts. But, like but you are presenting yourself. Yeah, but not, but I I would rather like I'm happier when I'm in a tuxedo than when I'm dressed like that. I just don't have the energy to put on a tuxedo. Oh, it is energy. I, yeah, I, I you know I have to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't love me at my worst, how can you love me at my best? I agree. There you go. I agree. Leanne, you like me, are a language nerd. I am. I am. I feel like comedians fall into two categories. Half of them, like, don't give a shit about grammar or syntax, and, and they, it, it's all sort of stream of consciousness. And the other half of us are, like, obsessed with getting just the right word and just the right cadence. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think it's about for, for you, for your brain? Uh, for me, I'm definitely in the latter group, um, and I will call that the George Carlin group. Yes, you know, and it's no disrespect to people who have that sort of, and this is an old reference, a Sinbad flow of consciousness vibe on stage. That's great. That's wonderful. I want to make sure the magic is not only delivered, but captured and repeatable. Right. So, But in your everyday life, too, I feel like matters. you you speak so clearly and, and you use exactly the words you want to use. Have, were you always like that when you were a child? Did you? Was it important to you that you learn all of these rules of English grammar. It's, it's funny you say that. I remember as a child being frustrated that I didn't have all the words I needed to express how I was feeling. Like, I couldn't wait to, to continue growing to get words. Like, most people want to grow up and smoke and drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and date whoever they want. No, I wanted more words. <laughs> yeah, I was the same. And I remember being a little kid and using big words when I would write stories, mm -hmm. like, in first grade. But they were, they were wrong. I wasn't using them properly, but I was tr desperately trying to sound like I had a better vocabulary than I did. Well, that's, that's kind of one of the, the background ideas of the book, because I was a reader, of course, and I would, you know, I would get to a word that I didn't know, and I would ask my parents, and I had the parents that would say, look it up. 
And that's back when you had to actually physically get up, walk over to the <laughs> shelf, giant get a book, book down from the from the shelf, and actually crack it over. And then look smell. for the word, you know, and if not knowing how to spell it, like, well, how do we start? Well, you keep flipping pages till you get it. Right. And then you're exposed to more words. I also think that, um, you know, when you read a lot, if you're a child who reads, then you, you're a child who learns language. Yes. I'm just yes. going to move your mic a bit. I'm not much of a, a reader. I'd, I'd like to read more myself, but I love the smell of books. Mm. Especially like old used books that mm. does have a nice smell. Yeah. So, so we nostalgic. have a date at the Strand. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Leanne, <laughs> hiding in the stacks. See you there. Leanne, uh, tell us your story. Tell us how you got started in stand up. I actually don't know the answer to this. Oh, wow. Yeah. Neither do I. I didn't study <laughs> for my own life. No, I um, I did theater when I was in college. And Where'd I, you go? I went to Baruch right here in the city. Mm -hmm. I'm a CUNY girl. All right. Um, nice. And everyone's like, Baruch, isn't that accounting? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, that was a my failed attempt at being a business major. And then discovered that they had a tiny, wonderful, robust theater department. And so that got me into being on stage. I was always that kid that loved making people laugh. Uh, and one of the best things that happened to me is I graduated and I got a corporate job, which I hated. Yeah. I, I really recommend doing stuff you hate because it will force <laughs> you to figure out what you love very quickly. It's so true. Oh, it's the best. And I, I said, I want to do stand up. And I was, I'm, again, I'm very methodical, very, you know, okay, how do we do this? I took a class, <laughs> you know, and like, cause no one can teach you how to be funny, but they can teach you about the craft right. and how you pull it out of yourself and how you find your voice. And so I went on stage. My first spot was at the comic strip. Wow. Yes. And Were you I, auditioning for Gladys. Oh, this was pre Gladys, baby. Believe it or not. Wow. Yes. This was Lucian. If you, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. The late Lucian. Yes. And I, I felt at home in a way that I've never felt at home on stage before. Hmm. It was like that was in this, we didn't have this term back then, but it was my safe space. I felt good. Right. And I was hooked because I, I did my first joke and people laughed and I don't even know what it was. You don't remember? No. I remember I, my first one. I was just so stunned that people laughed. I was practicing jokes in my house in front of my dog. Like, yeah. I didn't, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it was so stunned. I'm like, they laughed. What do, what, what do I say next? <laughs> But it was the most awkward and wonderful five minutes ever. So do you me. just start doing it all the time after that? Yeah. I mean, at that point, I still had my day job and I was doing what everybody does. I was burning the candle at both ends. I was working during the day and mm -hmm. like hanging out in clubs at night, whether I had a spot or not. I was there. How old were you? Oh, when you like your first set. God, I was in my 20s, man. I had energy and I smelled like hope and butterflies. <laughs> this is the thing. I tell, I, I tell these two all the time, enjoy your 20s, honey. Because oh, that glow, that energy, it fades. What I, energy? I'm an old lady. Well, well, that's self-inflicted. Self <laughs> yes, it is. If honey. you would leave your house and put down the whiskey, you wouldn't oh, feel that. Oh, wait, we got to, wait, we got I can't co-sign putting down the whiskey. Because that's, <laughs> that's where I'm at now. Just once in a while. But I got to say, if you're doing that now, pace yourself. Because 30s get a little harder and 40s will punch you in your face. <laughs> 40s, I feel like for me, were a rebirth. I feel like my 30s, I thought like all hope was gone. And 
I, would, I was a failure and I was old and tired. And then in 40s, I kind of came up with a new idea of, of who I could be. Okay. And I feel like actually now I have, I'm starting to get that energy back that I had when I was in my 20s. Well, I'm, I'm a glass half empty person. So I feel that that feeling <laughs> of all hope being gone could come back again. It, at, at, at any at, moment. At any point, <laughs> at any decade or any part of your life. It can be your year of, oh, it's, it's the worst ever. What was your first, what you consider like your first truly big gig? Like when you thought, oh shit, I, I might actually be able to do this? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a hard question because so much of my, I guess the first five or 10 years of doing this was just pure delight. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I'm doing any of this. Even if it's just a bar show with oh, five people. Oh in the my audience. gosh. Wow. There are five people and they're sitting here and they're facing the stage. Like what? Right. It was just, you know, happiness and delight. Um, but I think it was when I got, I auditioned for, um, I did life. I, well, I auditioned for VH1 stand-up spotlight. Mm-hmm. Wow, how old am I? And I was told, no, they didn't have enough spaces for me. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I did get booked for Lifetime Girls Night Out. Ah. One of the producers from VH1 Stand Up Spotlight was there that night, and they were like, you can do the show. Perfect. And I was like, well, you just told me no. And I looked, because I didn't understand how the business worked. When they want you, they want you. When they don't, they don't. They make right. space for you. There's not right. these rules of you have to audition or jump through this hoop or whatever. That's how they, you know, that's for regular people. Right. You know, but when someone in charge with signing power goes, no, we want you, they make it happen. Exactly. You know? And so that was my first moment of, oh, oh, I do this. Like, people want to, like, put makeup on me. Isn't <laughs> and, it the best? I love having makeup put on me. Whenever I've done a TV spot, that's my favorite part. Is it really? They bring yeah. you into the dressing room and some, like, lovely woman comes over and they're always super nice. Yes. And they... They, I don't even know what they do to me. They just put a little bit of powder and rub some stuff on my eyelids, but I end up looking 10 years younger mm-hmm. and like I just came back from Miami Beach. It's a, well, I, I want to say it's a different experience for men because you don't need much. Right, so correct. They're, they're not going to make you look like the whore of Babylon. <laughs> do you not want to look like that? I do not. I do not. I don't want, you know, these like spider leg eyelashes to distract from the jokes. You <laughs> Have know? you had an experience where they, someone's put like a lot of makeup yes. on you and you've said... Yes. This isn't going to work for me. Yes, I have. had. That's why I'm saying this. I've, yeah. I've had that happen. It's like I walk in and it, almost everyone goes, oh, my gosh, you're beautiful. Let me fix you. What? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, what do you, it's like they want to play. They want to do stuff. And it's like, I'm not that girl. Can you make me look me but on a good day? <laughs> and that they go, oh, like that. Like I've deflated their fun right. somehow. This is a shitty business for everyone. Yes. Every, every comedian has a million horror stories. Yes. As a black woman in comedy... I imagine like that comes with its own baggage. Oh yeah, I've heard yes. Car- like, carry on. Car- I've heard baggage. <laughs> well, I've heard Kareth Foster talk about going on an audition, and you know they were specifically looking for a black woman. And after her audition, <sighs> they said to her, "Can you jazz it up a little, Kareth?" Yes. And she was like, "What do you want me to do? Scat?" <laughs> like, do you, and, and I'm sure that there's this expectation that you're going to be a certain kind of comedian. Yes, I mean that is. Y- Short answer, yes. And that was particularly um, a thing when Def Jam was out yeah. and popular. They assumed, and Def Jam was wonderful. I actually did Def Jam. Uh, I'm still shocked <laughs> that that opportunity presented itself. Um, but everyone thought that all black comedians fit that Def Jam category. We weren't sort of allowed to have the depth and breadth that is the difference between comics. I mean, if you look historically, um, you have Flip Wilson, who is very different from, you know, Dick Gregory, who is very different from Bill Cosby. And I I know we're not allowed to say his name, but he is a comedic reference point, who's very different from Richard Pryor. We have this 
this diversity just within the community and for those several years and still a little bit now we were all pigeonholed into everybody has to sound and perform and be the same way you know I was very disappointed um, and very few people remember this around the time that Def Jam came out there was another show uh, on HBO called Comic Justice which was it was hosted by AJ Jamal and it was I want to say the intellectual Def Jam, like that's where they were booking the smart black comics, which is probably why it didn't last. Because hmm. <laughs> they, they don't think we're there. There's no room. There wasn't really room made for us. Right. You know, to be different. You know, we're all sort of forced into a particular mold. I, I want to say not so much now, but. I feel like now, just sort of as a culture, we've evolved to a point where we recognize that, that people don't get put in these neat little boxes and stay there. You know, that a gay comedian doesn't have to be flaming. You know, a woman comedian doesn't have to get up and talk about how she's fat and she can't find a boyfriend. Like, those sort of cliches seem to have fallen by the wayside. We're celebrating the gray area. And, yeah. And yet, here, here's what's hard. What if you are that person? Well, right. You know, and now you're looked at as a hack. And it's like, no, no, that's, that, that's me. I was just being me. Right. You know, so it, we have to also get past that. And, and be who you are. If you're grungy on stage, be grungy. No, not everybody looks like they just finished cleaning their house when they got on stage. Why are you trying to be right. casual? Why are you trying to be edgy? Don't try, just be. That's, I mean, I think that's the secret to being a good performer of any, in any art form is you have to find out who you actually are. What is your truth? And then, you know, interpret the material through that truth. The, the problem with that is that it's work. Yeah. And people are, it's work and it takes time. And those are the two things people think they don't have. And it's like, no, that's exactly what you're supposed to have in order to do this. Do you that goes for, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I feel like that goes for any kind of perform yes. any, any kind of person. If you don't do the work on yourself, mm -hmm. you can't thrive in the world. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Uh, absolutely agreed. Um, but again, and I'm not going to blame it on this generation. This has been consistent. People want it fast and people are afraid. And so they'll look and see what's working or what they like, and then they'll do that. And it's like, Mm. Right. You are so shortchanging yourself and the audience. Well, we also have a generation that knows how to get famous via YouTube and Instagram for doing absolutely nothing. Yes. I, I can't believe some yes. of the, the YouTube and Instagram people who have millions of followers who literally do nothing. I can't imagine doing and less. And I'm racking my brain consistently to come up with content that Me is, too. is, you know, substantive. Me too. I'm a fool. <laughs> right. It's like, what are we doing? What we're doing it Why the hard way. Why are we way. wasting our time this way? Um, Leanne, I want to talk about your podcast. Oh, sure. Uh, I want to get the name of it right. It's called People with Parents. Yes. And it it's about the role, of role reversal that happens in people's lives when they suddenly stop being the child and now they have to parent their own parents Yes, because your parents become older and infirm. And, and this is based on, on what you've been going through yourself. Yes. It's a very happy podcast. <laughs> I'll laugh a minute. Yeah, no, it really is. It, like you said it very well is the role reversal between adult children and their aging parents. And sometimes it happens quickly. You know, like a tr like a tragedy or an illness or an accident happened, and it's like, oh, oh, crap! They're people; they need me. Or it's gradual. You know, it's like, oh, you know, the mom fell, or you know, dad needs surgery. Like it, it's it, it can creep up on you and sort of insinuate itself on your life, and it's difficult because there's a part of us that doesn't see it and doesn't want to see it right. because they. If, if you're if you like your parents, they're your heroes, and if not, then there there are these people that are independent of you. 
that don't need you. And it's, it's very challenging to be needed by the people who took care of you. Yeah. You know, it, it's a, it, it messes with your mind. Are you an only child? Um, no, I'm just the only one they like. <laughs> are you oldest youngest middle i am i am the baby and the only girl which in my family means royalty as it should yes but but, what, but what, with the crown comes great responsibilities i'm the only one who's caretaking so what's the situation that, that they're going through that you're dealing with um well it all it all started because my mom was acting weird which was weird for her like you, you, it, sometimes it's hard to tell my mom was always a little off always a little odd but th- her behavior got you know a little too um, long story short, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And it, it just, my family after that just went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And my dad, who I thought was my strong one, uh, I found out he had heart disease and kidney disease and all this stuff. Mm. And he's not really taking care of himself because he's from that generation of, I take care of my family. So he's spending more time taking care of her and not really doing right by himself. So he just kind of, you know, it was quite a slide, quite a three-year slide. Um, And so I lost him uh, July 9th last year. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so am I. Because, you know, I I don't know how many comics can say this or just people in general. Not only do, do I love my parents, I liked them. Yeah. Like, I grew up, I'm like, these were cool people. Like, we hung out. And that is a gift. It, yeah, no. Because a lot of people can't say that. The more I talk about my parents on stage, the more I do the podcast, the more people reach out to me because they're in this situation as well. Um, the more I find out, I, I won the love lottery. Mm-hmm. You know, I had nothing to do with it, and yet I, I benefited. You know, I had two people who, you know, they had kids and they could provide for them. Right. And, and enjoyed doing it. And, and, and I liked them and they liked me. <laughs> you know, right. what's really hard is when, you know, through the podcast and talking about this, when I meet people who do not have a good relationship with their parents, it's acrimonious, it's, it's, it's fraught with a great deal of baggage. Yeah, Ryan and JB can both identify with that. Right. Yeah. And, and then you're put in the position of caretaker. Yeah. <sighs> I can't think can of anything. Can you imagine, Ryan, if you had to take care of your dad? No. Dude, can, I cannot like, tell buddy. you. I cannot tell you how many stories I hear where that happens. And people's lives are miserable. But here's the thing. You actually don't have to, depending on the state you're in. Uh, there's a, there's a, I'm trying to say this right. I think it's uh, filial laws, I think. Some states do, and they don't always enforce it, require that a, an adult child take care of a parent. New York is not one of those states. Hmm. Um, I'm just an idiot <laughs> well, <laughs> who I, well, I saw it happening and I, I couldn't, you had, a, you, if you love your parents and you have a good relationship with them, obviously you're not going to abandon them in their time of need. No, but, but it's but still a hard job. Absolutely. Oh. I listen, I've been very fortunate. My, my dad's 84. My mom is like 77. They're both still in great shape. Mm-hmm. I also have two older sisters who live in the same town as my parents. Okay. Like that's fortunate, but I've got friends who are only children. Oh, and they had they're struggling with the kind of things that you have gone through with your parents. Mm-hmm. I, I have a friend; both his parents have dementia. Oh, jeez! And didn't want to be together anymore. Ugh. Like you know, separated in their in their eighties or seventies, whatever they are. So he's got to now visit them in two separate institutions and pay for everything, and Ugh. it's 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 maddening. Because very few people um, either have the 
foresight or the wherewithal, because this costs money, to prepare for their later years. Right. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, okay, maybe somebody's got an IRA or a pension somewhere, but what does that cost to have somebody live into their 80s or 90s and need real care? Who pays for right, that? We're Who's living that so much longer. Right, too long in Which my is why I'll give my little sermon again, you guys, save for the future, mm-hmm. especially it, you gay people who aren't going to have kids. Yeah. It's not going to be enough. Save your shekels. It's not enough. I mean, yeah, save. Or spend it all now and then go to a right-to-die state. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I think people live too long. All right, we're going to change gears dramatically, and we're going to play everyone's favorite quiz show, Ask Me No Questions. Hit it, JB. Ask, Ask me no questions. questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. What is your favorite word in the English language? Oh, English language. Oh. You can give me another language if you prefer. Uh, German, Weltschmerz. What's Oof. that mean? Um, it means a, a growing dissatisfaction with the reality of the world. It's not as you would wish it to be. It's what I call adulthood. That is the same. Weltschmerz. Weltschmerz. Wow. And then Schadenfreude. I love Schadenfreude. That's like, uh, you, the thing you're not supposed to do, but you love doing it. Mm-hmm. My favorite words are mellifluous and portmanteau. Ooh, those are good. Yeah. Those are good. What's a lie that you tell all the time? Um that I look good because of dim lighting and good makeup. Because you know you just look good, period. I have good genes. Yeah. Mm. And when I'm tired, I go to bed. So nah. false, modest, <laughs> false, false modesty yes. is a lie. That's, yes. I love that you can admit that. Dude, it's what I have. <laughs> Why am I going to lie Celebrate now? Celebrate it. What is your favorite curse word? Motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you use that a lot. I do. I do. And then, and then just without the mother, because it's the perfect word. Fuck. It's it is a, a it's noun, a, it's a verb, it's an adjective, it's, it's everything. everything. It's very onomatopoetic. Yes. You know, it sounds vulgar, it sounds, you know, violent, it sounds what it, fuck. Yes. You know. And it could be angry or delightful. It could be delightful. so many different things. I also like the C word, but only when referring to men. I, you know what, that, that's a cultural thing, because we, we don't have that. We didn't grow up with the C word. It's like, At it has all. no power for me whatsoever. So like, did you just sneeze? Like, what? <laughs> like, if you call me a cunt, I'm like, what? Black people he, don't say cunt? No. Oh. You would hurt me more if you called me bougie. I just, <laughs> yeah, bougie. Bougie, sadiddy. Like, and now, mind you, it hurts because it's true. I just learned something new today. Did you not know this? I had no idea that cunt was a white thing. It, it, it kind of is. is. Interesting. It makes sense because it's it, a white it's Go actually an, a very Anglo-Saxon thing. Like hmm. in Ireland, you can say like, oh, that's a bit of a cunt. And you're not even like using a swear word. You're just saying like it's a bit of a pain. Hmm. So I wonder why it has so much more power here. Oh, it's the uh, women. It, yeah. Most women I know hate it. Yeah. Uh, I just love when, when you're like to a guy when you're like, you're a fucking cunt. That's an insult um, on so many levels for him. Yes. Think back to the hottest sex of your entire life. You don't have to tell us who. Or when, but what was it that made it so good? He knew what he was doing. Mm. Amen to that. That's it. And he listened. Uh, Not necessarily to my words, but how my body responded. Wow. And then used that information going forward. Mm. Did it sound a little bit like this? Do you know who that is? Oh, this cake is delicious. <laughs> Kill it. That's Irene Bremis. I love it. Giving us her fake orgasm. Because I was going to say, he didn't sound like that at all. <laughs> what did he sound like? I'm way too bothered. So is it more about the technique than the penis? 
are we separating things? Well, <laughs> I, I, that's a package deal, no pun intended. Because to me, a guy with a perfect dick and he no skill, he, he doesn't have to know that much. He can, I can still really enjoy myself. But a guy with a, a, a small or medium sized dick really has to know what he's doing. Yeah, yes, I mean, you, your, your skill level has to be commensurate well, with well, uh, what, what tool set you're bringing. Are we having this conversation? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, this oh, is yeah. ask me no questions, honey. Oh, dear. Uh, what's listening? Your point about listening, though, I think communication is like so key. Yes. In sex. Yes. Whether you're like actually using words or just like. And, and can I just say for, for women as well, women are lazy. <laughs> no, I can say this about <laughs> my gender. We're all, we are. We're not used to doing so the work. Men. And so the responsibility, we put all of this responsibility off on men. This is if you're in a, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know traditional, you know, right. whatever. heterosexual, thank you, heterosexual relationship. No, you have a job too, ma'am. You should, you should also be listening. Ma'am. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's the same with tops and bottoms. I think a lot of bottoms are lazy yeah. and they you think know they can just lie there. There you go. No, no, no. You, you got to work, honey. You, you have to be present and aware and work. What's a food? Do your Kegels. That's right. What's a food right you'll now. never put in? <laughs> As we speak. As we speak. Them. What's a food you'll never put in your mouth? I don't know. Um, You're not a vegan or a Oh, vegetarian. gosh. No, no, no. I, I want to live. Um, oh, honey, I'm a vegan and I'm oh living. Boy. No, but I'm saying the zombie apocalypse happens. You're not going to be picky. You know, you're going to eat. Right. But I'm not a fan of cheese. It's like if somebody <gasps> says to me, that's a che- like, I'll eat pizza. I'm very pedestrian. But like wine and cheese, I'm going to get drunk because I'm only drinking the wine. Interesting. Oh. Who's This is a controversial one. Who's Uh-oh. the least talented, famous comedian currently working? Just one? I mean, you can name several. I thought of two. Wow. That's hard because, okay, this sounds really bad. I've been so angry at comedy, I've stopped watching. Hmm. So, I don't necessarily watch. I just sort of know who's good and who's not from having seen their, their act. And Okay, I, I, will, I don't make those kind of judgments, and I do refrain, honestly. Yeah. Just because comedy is so subjective, you watch and you go, you have a career oh. and they and they've got specials they've got credits somebody likes them and I'm like you know what good for you where's mine right you know i think my energy is better spent making me better and stronger than hating on it somebody is. else it is it is it's not a healthy thing but i you know we all sort of have these opinions for me it's steve harvey i don't understand his career or why people find him funny but you know what you study that business model Absolutely. And that is undeniable. Oh, he's a brilliant businessman. Also, yes. Carlos Mencia. Oh, I'm sorry. I do have one. The president. Ah, oh. Hey, there we go. The shade. Um, what has been the most exciting night of your life so far? Day or night? Exciting night? Yeah, like the ex- most exciting moment where you've felt this rush of exhilaration beyond what you've ever felt before. It was the night that I performed at the Apollo and my dad was in the audience. Oh, I love that. What what date was that? That was January 12th. Um, I believe that was 2018. And it was actually the last time I brought him out to see me. Wow. And everyone there, you know, I was worried because he's an old man. He's got the cane. He's got everything. And the staff just took him over and made sure that he was comfortable and had everything he needed. And I came off stage and he hugged me like he never hugged me before. I'm so oh, glad that, that you both got to have that experience together. And I hate to end the interview with you in tears. No, it's, it's but good. But I adore it's good. you. 
Thank you so much for coming on. How can people follow you on the interwebs? Um, well, the easiest way to find me um, is my website, veryfunnylady.com. Um, I'm also that on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, even though I'm now eliminating the entire younger generation <laughs> for that. Um, but it's also Leanne Lord at any of these social media. L-E-I-G-H-A-N-N. Yes, my parents got creative, which is why I use Very Funny Lady. <laughs> Follow her, buy her books. She's hilarious. I love you. Thank you for coming oh, on. Oh, thank you. Ryan and JB, plug yourselves real quick. At Ryan Frosting. At Stocking Anarchy 12 on Instagram. Thank you, everybody. Next Saturday, tune in to hear another brand new ass. We'll be talking to Dev Cuny, an activist with the Born Perfect campaign. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram, at Adam Sank. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Leanne, what's that German word again? Weltschmerz. Enjoy your Weltschmerz, everyone. (laughs) And enjoy the feast of the ass. Oh, I will. (laughs) 